and welcome to the Hand in Hand show where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. So I have Peter Gorfeld here today, and we're going to talk to him about his stroke and his book and his log. And Nancy is also here with us. Say hello, Nancy. How you doing, Peter? I'm doing well, thank you. Peter, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I was born in Birmingham in England, the 23rd of September, 1955. I didn't know at the time... I had an AVM, an arteriovenous malformation. It was like a time bomb. It was just waiting to happen. And mine happened to be on my brain. The first I knew about it was when I had a stroke on the 1st of June, 2010. It's all put down in my Kindle books because I couldn't afford to print them. I have written all that happened, how I felt, etc., etc., and I donate all of the royalties to a fantastic group called Arnie Institute in England. I have one of their shirts on here now. Okay, so what does the, you said it's Arnie, the Arnie Institute? Yes, it stands for action for rehabilit- and rehabilitation from neurological injury. What Dr. Tom Balchin did was he got me to get down to the floor. He gave me the confidence to get down to the floor and get back up again. I was born in Birmingham in England. I became a teacher. I was a PE teacher and drama I never, never, ever thought that I would write anything, but um, I was always active. I also sang. I also took part in medieval demonstrations. I made long bows from you, and I shot them. I was a very active sort of person. But after a stroke, you have to concentrate on what you can still do not Mm -hmm. what you've lost. So, Peter, that brings us to one of my next questions, though. Yes. How did you adjust to your life post-stroke, especially at the very beginning? At the very beginning, the worst thing was anxiety. I, I had a craniotomy, which meant that I had my skull cut open and they repaired the vein that had been broken. Now, I had anxiety, and it came in the form of needing to have a pee. But Sorry about that, but having a pee often. So Uh I had an external urine collector, which was like a sheath with a tube to a bag. Right. I explained that in my Kindle books. It was very, very awkward. Yes. I'm sure that is because I actually work in a hospital. So I do understand about what exactly what you're talking about. And I know that it can be very embarrassing. It can be very hard on the person. And sometimes, sometimes you still want to go to the bathroom. So you want to go. Exactly. Uh, you, You have to remind yourself that you have this 
I don't know what to call it, apparatus um, yes. to you. Yes. So what was your most challenging moment after stroke in the years since then? I think the first, I had an inversion in my ankle. So I can't even stand up without having some sort of support on my ankle. Um, that was the most difficult thing. And at first, having the external urine collector was a must. Every time I went out, I needed to have it on. Mm -hmm. And it felt a little bit as if I'm, I was a handicapped person. And right. seeing myself in a shop window, I thought that can't be me. Mm -hmm. I can't be in a wheelchair. And I was determined to get out of it. Regarding this ankle issue, were yes. you, did you have um, physical therapy for that? And did they give you an AFO or a type of brace of any kind to assist yes. with this? I have a special pair. I live in France at the moment with my wife. And I have a special pair of orthopedic boots. They come up very tall on my on my leg to support and there's a piece of metal inside to support and and in France it's marvelous they give you one pair every year and they cost about 300 euros so I look after them very very well I try and polish them <laughs> Okay. I think the most important thing is to keep a sense of humor as well. Going to my YouTube stroke blog, I try and do a daily blog so that it gives other support, um, survivors some sort of hope that you can get better, you can recover with neuroplasticity. I haven't fully recovered yet. But I've used social media like Facebook and I have even started my own group called Relations or Friends of Stroke Survivors because sometimes they need support too. Mm -hmm. It's not, ju not just the survivor. Luckily, I have a very supportive wife who really pushes me and has been my focus of recovery. My daily blogs, often I say to people, well, they'll either help you sleep because they're so boring, or they'll give you hope that you can recover. Because I was um, a teacher, one of my ex-pupils had started a GoFundMe site to try and get me back on the road again because I have actually got my driving license back although it has to be an adapted car I have a friend that can adapt an automatic car and I think independence is very important you are very correct in that independence is huge and I know from my perspective, in the very beginning after my stroke, 
I had to rely on people to drive me everywhere. Exactly. It got very frustrating to me because, you know, people would call and say, oh, we're going to the grocery store in 20 minutes. We'll pick you up. It would send me into an anxiety attack. And, you know, I, I can't do that. At first, I couldn't even sit on a chair that hadn't got arms on it mm-hmm. because I felt that it wasn't a um, conscious feeling. I was sort of grabbing on because mm-hmm. I felt I was falling and I wouldn't go out into the garden and I always went in a wheelchair everywhere, but now I never use a wheelchair unless I can possibly help it. You were a huge or an avid bike rider before your stroke. Yeah, I was. I got um, a classic motorcycle, yes. Okay. I was also a folk singer. I played guitar and I sang in folk clubs and pubs. And I really enjoyed singing. I still do sing in my own little gym that I have in the house next door. Do you still do therapy at all? Do you feel that it's useful for you? Well, today's blog, stroke blog, was actually what they call in France, because that's where I live now. Mm -hmm. It's called a kinestherapeut, which is like a physiotherapist. And I am actually challenging him to get me new exercises I don't think that he's ever come across anybody so determined as me that's wonderful I also have names for my two I've got two sticks walking sticks a good one that I go out with called Lucy (laughs) and a black one which is plain called um, Julia That one I use in the garden for getting weeds out. (laughs) Oh, I've I've been so lucky with with (laughs) friends. They have made me a fish pond. In fact, one of my early blogs, I was standing in the fish pond when when they were digging it. I sort of helped. (laughs) I I really like that you named your... um, my I sticks. guess walking sticks, yes. The walking sticks. They're so them, cute. I named them after the nurses in the hospital. Well, I think that is a good thing. That's, that's a great <laughs> tribute it, to them, I, I hope. <laughs> it brightened up their lives. Yeah. Because um, in hospital, you must get some really dull people <laughs> that are moaning all the time. Yes. Yeah, I, I, um, apparently I'm a favorite patient of, of many of the nurses who used to take care of me. And one was talking to her favorite patients one day and, um, my name apparently came up and my daughter now works there and and she goes, you know, that's my mom, don't you? Yes. Now I can actually walk in the house without my stick. I think that's very important. I, I bring my wife a cup of coffee through, well, before when she was drinking it, she's not now, but 
I used to be able to carry a cup of coffee through into the living room. That was so important to feel that I'm helping. One of my early stroke blogs was moving wood with my stick. And I worked out mm -hmm. a way of, it had got handles. I put my walking stick in the handle and levered it forwards. Mm -hmm. Tell us, how do you get people get to your blog if they want to follow that? Well, if they go to my my website, which, well, not website, it's a Facebook group called Relations or Friends of Stroke Survivors, I post it on there every day that I do one. Mm -hmm. If they watch the video, it says, do you want to subscribe? The Kindle books uh -huh. are called Remarkable Stroke of Luck, a trilogy. There's three books altogether, and I don't keep a penny myself. I give them all to Arnie. If people go to a book or Kindle, Amazon Kindle, Remarkable Stroke of Luck, a trilogy. Peter, I'm a caregiver to my husband who had a stroke 26 years ago. Wow. And mine was seven this June the 1st. Yeah. You're, you're doing well. You should be proud Thank of yourself. You. But Thank I've also you. got a book out. We're both authors, too, so we have some things in common. In addition, we were both I've, musicians. Uh -huh. uh, I've still got two guitars, 12-string acoustic. I love 12-string. I was in high school. I used to play the guitar, and I had a beautiful 12-string guitar that I loved. Oh, so have I. I've still got it. <laughs> yeah. Are you able to play, Peter? No. Because my left hand is still hemiplegic. Okay. Okay. Guitar is a little tough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a friend, friend of mine who has just bought a house in our village in France here from England he is coming across. He's going to have it as a holiday home. He's going to bring a mouth organ for me. And, of course, you can play a mouth organ with one hand. Oh, Okay, and we're right. going to play, we're going to learn and play together. It sounds like fun. My husband still plays his trumpet every single day of his life and he writes music every day. Wow. I've and written a couple of songs. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. And but I've also written three, a trilogy of children's stories. It was a lesson that I used at school when I Excellent. was a primary school teacher. I used to put half a page on the board, and the children had to continue it. So I thought, why not? Why not continue it myself? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I did it, but of course it costs so much to, um, to publish these things. Mm -hmm. One day, perhaps. One of them I've had printed. Have you? I've given it to my granddaughter. Are you familiar with the concept called printing print on demand? No. P-O-D. That's how my book works. Ah. It's, they don't print multiple copies of it. No. The presses at Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all of these places, when they get an order, if they get an order for one book, they print one book. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I, I, I printed mine with blurb, B-L-U-R-B. <laughs> Okay. And okay. that and a friend of my wife 
has illustrated them. Excellent. Absolutely marvelously illustrated. How fun. Yes. What are the names of the children's books? Um, Four Acre Field. It was about two children. I based it on my cousins, actually. Two children that went to fly a, a remote-controlled aeroplane, and it went out of control and flew into this wood. And there was a big sign that said, Danger, beware. Do not enter. And, of course, they, they thought, oh, shall I enter? Yes. And what was the danger? But it was a crashed spaceship oh. that had landed. And Jeff, the boy, he, he had his Game Boy, but I couldn't use that. So Game Console. Oh. And he, he used it to to um, fly the spaceship back to their planet. And it was the planet okay. Moro. So all the people from Moro were morons. <laughs> Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> Do the kids get it when they read it? Yes. Oh, they loved it. <laughs> Is it written in English only? Or since you live in France, have they been translated yes. to French? No, it's English only. Okay. And that's, that, available. that's available as an ebook on Blurb. <laughs> okay. But one one day I'll get them all printed out and perhaps approach a, a publisher. Well, I wish Look. you luck with that. It's pretty challenging. Oh, I, I know. know. I, it's, yeah. It's a cutthroat world. I I don't expect anything. <laughs> but but the fact that I've tried. Absolutely, and that you did it and you put the books out there, that's fantastic. The, the stroke books really are to, to tell other people that are in the same situation that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so, the third book is some of the, the strategies that I use when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called, it was originally called Peter's Stroke of Luck, part three, X-rated, men only. <laughs> <laughs> well, my book is written for the caregivers. Ah, right. On, on how to find joy while you're caregiving, because it's, as yes. you know, it's, it's really challenging for the caregivers. It is challenging, mm -hmm. especially as, as my poor wife had a, a small stroke too. Wow. But luckily, she can still drive. Do you have in-home help for the two of you, or do you take care of it all yourselves? No, we do it ourselves. And we're very proud of our garden. Good we for you. Gardens. And my wife now has it. She, she makes glass jewellery and glass sculptures. And Excellent. So she, she has an interest, too. Excellent. I still like, still like my pond and watch my fish. <laughs> what kind really of fish like. do you have in? Oh, I've got a mirror carp, koi carp, uh -huh. and goldfish. Oh, and shabumpkins. What are they? They're they're like um, like a goldfish, but really big, fancy, fluffy tail. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. excellent, excellent. 
and we had to dig it one meter twenty five deep because yep. over here in France it's one of the coldest parts of France and it can be minus fifteen for two or three weeks in a row. So it has to be that deep for the fish to survive. I understand. I dug a <laughs> pond in my backyard in my former house. Yeah. Before I used to go fishing, but now I prefer to watch them and feed them. <laughs> I, I just love insects and the the uh, dragonflies. Oh, it's beautiful. Water lilies. Peter, in your own words, would you tell us what you're trying to achieve with the things that you're doing? I'm, I'm trying to give other survivors hope that there is a possibility of getting back to normal, some sort of normality, and to help other people. I think I've become a more caring person, thinking of other people first before myself. I think that's very important. Absolutely. And all of us here want to let people know that had a stroke, there are things that you can do. You can get better. Uh, you may not be 100% better oh. than you were before, but you can make it every step you take. You've got to be really positive. Yes. Unfortunately, my real daughter from my first marriage hasn't spoken to me in six years. That I know that that happens to many people, unfortunately. Yeah that family does not understand and yes. that you lose a few family members and you lose a few friends, but hopefully at some point they come back to you. I have left the door open for her. Good for you. My present wife's children are absolutely fantastic. I am now a step great grandfather. Oh twice. my goodness. Twice. <laughs> I've got two step-great-grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful. It's Congratulations. Really super. I know. Isn't it when you're a grandparent or even great-grandparent? Because you can play, you can do everything, and then if you want to, you can send them home. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, that's all for now, Peter. Thank you, Thank you so very much, much. Nancy and I today. And, um, we appreciate the time it took, and maybe we can have another show at some point and expand more on what you're doing. And Anytime um, you want. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Peter, I'd like to thank you for sharing all of your wide variety of interests that you have developed since your stroke. Thanks again, and we look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means, I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at 
contact at strokefocus.net.